nine. Just thinking there some as we were singing that song. Who is it that is knocking and who is it that we hear, each one of us today? Do we have those ears to hear the truths, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do we understand who it is? And when you look at it and he says, who is that asking for my poor heart? So much so that he came here to the earth. Because he wants each and every one of us to be saved from our sins. Who is that calling? And what is he saying? Come to the light. 
the light of Jesus Christ. Who is that knocking? Who is that seeking? Who is that calling? Who is troubling my soul? Is your soul troubled? He will give you peace. He'll give you life. Eternal life. Hope. Surely, tis Jesus asking, pleading, wanting to make me whole. Spiritually, make you whole. That is what we all need to be looking for this morning. Each and every one of us, come out and have that full intention of what can I do to draw closer to Him. What does He ask for? What is He wanting for me to do in my in our day that I can draw closer to Him and I can spend my life for Him? whatever he would ask for me to do. And you know, I'm reminded all the way from the beginning of time, basically. He has had a way to work with his people. There has been many people here upon the earth that has walked with Jesus Christ. There has been many people who walked with God also before Christ was here upon the earth. But they were one and the same. But the thing about it, he has always had a way for man to escape, for man to work out his salvation since the beginning of time, all the way up until now. And he is still there asking, pleading, and calling for each and every one of us. And what will we do? Will we listen Or will we be as what the majority I look at it of the people that have been on the earth here since God created it? Probably the majority of people, I'm sure it would be, has not followed him. He says that there is only a remnant that would be saved. Why? Because he says man loves darkness rather than light. That's the nature of man to love sin instead of trying to get away from it. But when we receive that new birth, that new birth then will lead us away from sin. And isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? That it will lead us unto righteousness. And we'll be able to discern Satan's deceitfulness. We'll be able to discern God's love and the love and the power of the Holy Ghost. That he has promised to give to all of those that seek him. All of those that ask. All of those that come to him. Truly desiring his spirit. He says that you, I will give you that comforter. I want to read a little bit. Let's start reading some. In some of the, the Old Testament there. And just read some about what God has done for his people. All the way along. We've, we've talked a lot about some of this lately, about how that God brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But they did still, they were just constantly murmuring and complaining to him about things. Even though he had done such a wonderful work for them. And I want to start reading a little bit in Exodus this morning. It will be the 19th chapter of Exodus. 
Now let's just start reading there at the first verse there. There's a little bit there, but we'll read and go on through a little bit. We won't read the whole chapter, I don't think, but let's start there at the 19th chapter, first verse. In the third month, when the children were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For there, for they were departed from Rephilim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. And remember, this was just three months. It was, not, it was not a long time after they had come out. They had seen the mighty power of God bringing them out, bringing them through the Red Sea, all of the things that had happened there. How that they had one of the one had been dead in all of the family of the Egyptians before Pharaoh would let them go, but they were all had all come out of the land, and now they were on the other side of the Red Sea there, and 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 God just going to be talking to them through Moses, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him of the mountain, saying, Thus shall thou say. To the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bare you on eagles wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. Then you shall be a peculiar people. Treasure. Be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. I want to be a part of that special people that God brought out there, and he protected them. He said, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. What did he do to them? As we just said, there was one that was dead in every home of the Egyptians there. Because that death angel did not see the blood on the post, the side post, and over the lentils in their home. Because they did not have the commandment of God within them. And then when they got to the Red Sea, the Red Sea opened up. The children of Israel were able to go through. We talked about this recently and then how it came down upon them. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I destroyed them for your sake. And brought you into myself. Now he sent his son, Jesus Christ, here to to the earth here. So that he can bring you and I unto himself. In our day, that is the way that we can be there. God was protecting them. God was showing them what needed to be done for them to follow Him. What He has done now is He sent His Son here. And we have that recorded here in this book. And we can have faith that these words are true. And we can have faith that Jesus Christ will save us from our sins. And we can have faith that He will give us the power over sin in the flesh. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, 
then you shall be a peculiar people, a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. There are these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the Lord and to the children of Israel. These are the words he was telling Moses. These are the words that I want to speak to you today so that you can understand and see how God has worked with his people all the way along. And he is still the same God today. And he will work with you just as he was working with these people. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. Moses was a good servant of God. He was obedient to him. God had called him. He said he went up to God. God called him unto him and to the mountain. And he says, now you say all these words to the house of Jacob and, and to the house of Israel, the children of Israel. And now this is exactly what Moses did. And Moses returned the words of the people. At, well, I skipped that verse. And all the people answered say, together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. What is in our mind today? And when we go through and we read all about what the Lord has asked for his people and how he asked for us to live and how he asked for us to be reconciled to his will and to put it all into his hands, to be subject to him. Are we willing to say that we will do all that he has spoken unto us? Now this is what these people said, but if you go on and you continue reading all the way on through, you can see how the biggest majority of them did not do what they said they were going to do. They did not follow him. There was thousands of them that fell because of their sinful ways. Many of them. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. I want us to all to make that commitment. That we will do what he has asked for us to do. But, make that commitment and then live by that commitment. We can do that. We can have the power of God. These people did not have that power. That new birth, that spirit of the Holy Ghost, when you receive that, you receive the power of God to be able then to overcome whatever Satan has to bring against you or to tempt you with. And we can follow him. I want to turn to the 20th chapter. Just one over and read just a little bit there. Of what he had to say in that chapter. Now this is what he, he was speaking to Moses. Moses went back to the Lord and he spoke those words to him. And then God gave him some more, another message to carry back to the children of Israel. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. That's the 25th verse there of the 19th. 
And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And I want us to all know today that he is the same Lord thy God that has brought us out of bondage from Satan, all of those that have accepted him as their Savior and is living in accordance with how he would have us to live. He says now, I have... I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now listen, he's got some things he wants them to really understand and know. He says, Thou, have, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's one of the, he's bringing out his commandments, his words, his law that he wants them to live by in that day. And we're going to talk about these things all the way on along here. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And what does that mean? We can have all kind of gods here upon the earth. Anything that comes between us and Jesus Christ and God the Father. Anything that we are not willing to put into His hands. That we are not willing to sacrifice for Him. That is, is a God of ours. He says, I... Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. And in that time they had all kind and there's people that do those things throughout the world today. They have certain images that they call their gods and they worship them. And he was just warning these people about that kind of a lifestyle and telling them that you cannot do any of that kind of thing. Don't have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children of the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And as they were going along there, there was. When we say thousands of them, that sounds like a tremendous amount, and it was. But when you look at the group of people that he was talking to there, I have heard all kind of different people um, amounts. But it could have been anywhere from probably a million and a half to two to three million people that came out of the land of Egypt. I believe it said there were 600,000 able-bodied men. That was not counting the wives, the children, the women, and all these other things there. So there was a huge amount of people that came out of the land of Egypt there that Moses was speaking to him here. And he's just telling them, about how God there thou shalt not bow down to these other gods and he says now and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments that's what he would do and he did there was people that followed him there was none that was within the age of I believe over 21 years old that when they came out of there that went into the promised land because of their disobedience. But there was others that was obedient to him and that they were able to go in. There was two I believe that did go into Joshua and Caleb that were able to go into that land. But he's by showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. 
And what does he say now? Now that's, go over there and you can read in John. And what, John, what, did, you, what did the Lord say in, the, in John? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now that's not a bunch of laws of man that we're out here and we're going to try to live by them. Because we can't, you can't. That is the Spirit of the Holy Ghost writing His commandments in the way He would have in your mind and in your heart. That is that new birth leading you in the will of God. That's what He's talking about there in John. Keeping His commandments, keeping His Word. And these things, as we're going to see as we go on through, all of these things that He's talking about here, He talks about them in the New Testament. This is how we should live. And we can be, you can be deceived into people going out and telling you all you've got to do is say a prayer and there's nothing else to do. You cannot save yourself. It has to have pure faith and trust in Jesus Christ and repenting of our sins to be able to receive of that new spirit. But then when that new spirit comes in, friends, it will be leading you into the same things that he was talking about here. It's going to lead you away from this sinful lifestyle. As you can see, that it, will be, it is written in the New Testament the same way. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take... The Lord, the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the, of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. In, these six, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all them that is in, all that is in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it the Sabbath day. And that was a commandment in those days. That that's what he want, how he wanted them to follow. And he told, he made it very plain and clear what for them to do in that day about that Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor. Now these were the things. This was the... What he was building his law upon. This is how he wanted his people to live. And if we'll go back and we look at all those things and we put all that to practice in our life. And we can't do it our own. These people couldn't do it on their own. But we can. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost can do it within you. And it can take these things away and we can live in accordance with what he says. But this was what he gave to them. In the very early stages as they were coming out 
of the land of Egypt. He wanted them to know and understand how he wanted them to live their life. Let's turn over here now. You can go on and through and read several different places, but I want to read just a few verses here in the 32nd chapter. A period of time had gone. He had also, he had given them many more things of how the Lord would want them to live their life. Gave them all manner of laws of cleanliness and different things of how to take care of it. Then Moses was there and he was in the presence of God. He had gone up on the mountain to get this law and to be able to come back and to tell the people how God would have for them to live in that day. And the 32nd chapter there of Exodus, he's starting at the first verse. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down of the mount, out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. Now I want you to just look, and this is just a, a, matter, a short period of time. After they had told to God, we're going to keep your commandments. We're going to live after the way you are asking us to live. And here Moses had talked to them and given them those commandments, or the, the first ten there. He had given them those things. He had talked to them about it. And then you can read it in all others. Then as Moses was just away, I believe he was there for 40 days in the mountain there with God, receiving this law. And now here the people have all of a sudden now there said, Where is this man, Moses? He's delayed. After all that had been done for them, they're looking around now and saying, Where is he gone? And he looked to Aaron and he said, Aaron, make us a God. Something that we can see. Something that we can hold on to. Make us a God to go before us. For is this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. Look how quick they had lost sight of what God had done. That is the deceitfulness of Satan. And he can do that right within you and right within me. If we don't use that power of God to overcome and to discern the truths of God. He'll be leading us off to some other God. We'll be, he'll be saying he's delayed, Christ has delayed his coming. And he warns us of those things. And we begin to beat the majors. We begin to look to other things here instead of keeping God first and foremost. And God and Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and your daughters and bring them unto me. I want you to remember what took place when they were coming out of Egypt. God sent them to all their neighbors. He says, I'm going to let you spoil Egypt. I'm going to let you take their wealth out with you. You go and you borrow their earrings, their gold and all their jewelry and all this kind of stuff. You borrow them from them. And bring it out. I'm going to give you their riches. 
And now look what has taken place here now. That Aaron told him, he says, Now, you break off those earrings of gold that's in your ears and in your daughters and your wives and all them, and you bring them to me. And all the people break off the gold earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after, after he had made it a molding calf. And they said, These be and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. How foolish. And we look at that and we say that today. How foolish in these people. What God has done for them. And now they are turning to worshiping a calf that was made out of the gold probably that what God had given them to spoil the Egyptians. Some of it maybe. But then I stop and I think. Look around us. What's in our life that's just as foolish as serving that molten calf? What is in your life that is just that foolish? We can look around and we can see, let the Lord examine you closely and see if there is anything there that you are fashioning. A molding calf, a calf of gold to worship, instead of worshiping the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy strength. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Now look, Aaron, why are you doing these things? Aaron, the man that God had talked through. And here, look what he's doing. And friends, we've seen these kind of things throughout the world and we hear it so much today. How that we hear that the Word of God is not being preached from the pulpits of America and throughout the world as it should be. Just like it is what Aaron was having here. When Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early tomorrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Is that in our lives that we hear the wonderful words of life? And then we look around and we say, we're going to go and eat, drink, and be merry, and rise up to pray, and put these things spiritually aside, and worship entertainment, or worship things that this body desires. Letting that be our God, letting that be first and foremost in our lives. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play and the Lord said unto Moses go 
Get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Now I want us to all examine ourselves. Let the Lord examine ourselves. After he has brought us, after he has given us and blessed us so much, so tremendously, are we allowing something to come in and corrupt us? To take us as he told the church there in the revelations that you have lost your first love but the mercy of him and the love of him showed them how to get it back how to move on so that they might be dressed in that white robe and that they might have their names in that lamb's book of life the Lord said unto Moses, Sorry, I skipped the verse. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt you to think about how foolish that is and how in the world it can be just as foolish in our eyes if we think that we can serve Jesus Christ and we can be in we can work our way into heaven by our good works and by worshiping something other than him by worshiping something other than that spirit of God he says there is no man that can enter into the kingdom of God except he be born again with that new spirit, that new birth. And once we receive that, then let that take fully over in your life. The Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people. Behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Think about how in the eyes of the Lord, in the eyes of God, what he had done for these people, and here they were just going totally against him. And look what he's done for us and this nation. And what will we do? We'll teach and make laws that goes in our direct opposition to his word and say, God bless us. How can God bless us? If we are not following him. Look, these are this perfect example here of what took place. Now therefore let me alone. That my wrath may wax hot against them. And that I may consume them. And I will make thee a great nation. He wanted to destroy. He said I'll make you a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God and, he, and said, Lord, why doth thou wrath wax hot against thy people which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with mighty hand? And when we look around today and see how merciful he is to us, how he's brought us out of that sin. And then when he sees us in sin, he is there willing to chasten and rebuke and to show us and to give us an opportunity to get out of it. And Moses just talking to the Lord here. The Lord ready to just destroy a lot of these people for what they had done. 
And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this thy evil against thy people. Moses there begging and pleading God to have mercy on this people. And you know what Jesus Christ is doing for us today. He is there at the right hand of God the Father begging and pleading for you. He is there praying for you and for me. He is the mediator for us. He's the perpetuation for your sins. He is there today. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. And the two tables of the testimony were in his hand, the tables that were written on both their sides. On one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graving upon the tables. Here was Moses going down and he had the law of God, the commandments of God written in stone to take down so that the people could see and know and live by it. And look what happened. God had done this for him. And God today, he has taken all of those, all of those that has truly repented. He has taken that heart of stone and given you a heart of flesh. That he can write these words, write his message in your heart and in your mind. And you will then be able to follow that. The tables were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God, graving upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But it is the noise of them that sing, Do I do hear? Hearing these people were rejoicing in serving a false god. And what will we be doing today? Rejoicing in our life of serving a false God. I want the true and God of Jesus Christ and worship Him. That is what I want in my life and I can have it. I know that. And I know you can have it. And I know that we can understand those things. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing do I do hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh to the camp. That he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot and he cast the stones out of his hands and break them beneath the mound. Moses was extremely upset with what had taken place of how that he had worked with this people. 
And here they were, worshiping a false god. Jesus Christ has worked with his people and this group of people tremendously. Is there a false god in our life? And he took the calf which they had made and he burned it with fire and he ground it to powder and he strode it upon the water and made the children of Israel to drink of it. He came in and he destroyed what he was, what they were doing. He was bold in the word of God. He had just left God speaking to him. And here he comes and he sees this kind of a thing. He was bold to point out the, the wrong that was going on in that day. And he ground it up. Cast it on the water and then made them drink of that water. Of their foolishness. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of, the, of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said to me, Make us gods which shall go before us as for as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we walk not what has become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and it came out as a calf. What a foolish excuse that Aaron had there to God and to Moses. And you know, we can have some awfully foolish excuses in our life of why we don't just are reconciled to listening and following what God would ask for us to do in our life. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. And are your sins naked this morning? Or are they covered? Are they taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ? Or are you still standing naked in your sins? And when you stand before Jesus Christ. Will you be standing there. With your clothed in his blood. Or will you be naked and ashamed. Your sins exposed. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And that's what I'd want to say unto each and every one of us today. Who is on the Lord's side? You don't have to answer that to me. But you answer that to Jesus Christ. Who is on the Lord's side? Are you going to follow him? Or are you going to follow Baal? Are you going to follow him? Or are you going to follow Satan? Are you going to follow him? Or are you going to follow the things of this world? That is the things that we need to be constantly reminded of. Now, we have talked and we have seen what took place in those days. I want us to turn over to Mark and read some in the New Testament of some of, <clears throat> some of the things that, that took place there. When Jesus Christ was here upon the earth. <clears throat> now we have seen some of the things that they did. And the commandments that he gave them. 
And I want you to see as we read through, and as you read through the, the, the Scriptures, you can see how that there is a lot that's talking about, uh, talked about about those commandments. But there's one, the Sabbath day, that becomes the way I look upon that, as that's an ordinance and that we should keep every day holy, not just the Sabbath day. We have power to keep it every day, and we ought to be serving God every day and subject to Him in everything that we do. And you can see as you go through, if you do a lot of reading in and do some research on that, He does not speak in the New Testament a lot about keeping the Sabbath day. He talks a lot about how we should keep the other laws that He had there of adultery and stealing and murder and lestivenous and covetousness and idolatry and Loving thy neighbors thyself, and loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. These things are brought up numerous times throughout the New Testament. But in, in Mark here, he mentions several different things. And we're going to read some about how, what he talked about in the second chapter of Mark. We'll start reading at the 23rd verse. Second chapter of Mark. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. His disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Now the Pharisees, here was Jesus Christ. Here was the Son of God. With his disciples as they were going through. And he was coming... To fulfill the law. He was not coming to destroy it. He came to fulfill it. But as they went through, they were plucking some of the corn there, the wheat, and eating it. And the Pharisees, a self-righteous group of people, felt like that we are following the law of God. But they were not. They were, there was all manner of laws that they had changed and turned it into different things so that they could justify their evil ways. And here, they were trying to find something that was wrong with the work of Jesus Christ. In the very early stages of Him being here and beginning to teach and to preach His Word. And the Pharisees said unto Him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And He said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was unhungered? He and they that were with him, how that he went into the house of God, of Abathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them that were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath." And I believe that that is what, in the way I interpret this, is that He was come now and that that 
Sabbath day was a law there that was given to man, as we read there, to bring them up and to keep them in order to have something there that they could rest on certain days and do certain things, that they could worship and keep that day holy, is what he commanded. But now he says the Sabbath day was made for man in that day. And not man for the Sabbath. Now, therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, that has come here, came here to the earth and overcame all things. He is Lord over us. He is Lord over all things. And we should be following Him and following His directions with letting His Spirit direct us, not on our own, but the total Spirit there following and directing us in everything that we say, everything that we do. Just put our faith and trust there. I want to just continue reading a little bit there in that third chapter. He says, And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man which had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Here again, trying to find something wrong with him. Remember, he was the Son of God, and therefore the Son of Man is Lord also over the Sabbath. He's over all the days. And here they were watching him, trying to find something he was, if he would just heal somebody on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him, that they might find something wrong with his work. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth! And he said unto them, it is, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. He asked them a question. A very straightforward question. He told the man, stand up. He knew the thoughts of them and he knew what needed to be done to heal this man there. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they held their peace and when they had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he stretched... He, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, whole as the other, the power of God, working a miracle right there. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. Isn't that something to think about? Here the Son of God, look what he had just done. All of these miracles that was taking place. He had healed this man. And instead of accepting him, they wanted to put him to death. Instead of accepting the Word of God in him, they wanted to put him to death. But I want us to all to understand and see that this was something that was totally new to them. It was new. They had been taught these things. But there was the law of grace was coming into effect. And we should be able to see today, we had not been taught all this, what these Jews had. This was a strange thing in their life. But Jesus Christ had been 
prophesied of how he would come. And in some place he said, if you had believed Moses, if you had believed him, you would know who I am. And if we today believe his writings, and we believe these things that I am reading here, we will know who Jesus Christ is. And what he has done for others, he'll be able to do for us. When he said, he that believes on me shall have eternal life, we know that that can take place in our life. Let's read a little bit here in the seventh chapter of Mark what he has to say about some of the same type things. They had been questioning him all about several things there. But he had given them answers about how that they looked upon just their own self-righteous way. But let's just start reading there about the, the 14th verse of the 7th chapter of Mark. And when he had called all the people unto them, he said unto them, Hearken unto every one of you, and understand, there is nothing without a man that entered into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, these are they that defile the man. If they... If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. They had been complaining because the people had not washed their hands before they were eating. Again, these self-righteous laws that they had instituted there. But here's what Jesus had to say. He just said, there's nothing without the man that enters into you there that's going to defile you in that way. He says, it's what comes out of the man. Those... But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile them. That's coming out of our heart, out of our mind. Our thoughts, our deeds, the things we say, where we go, all of the things that we do. He says, that's what will defile you. This is the words that Jesus had to say now. That these things will defy. If any man have ears to hear, he says, let him hear. Do you have the ears to hear what he's saying? Do you understand what he's saying? And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Here his disciples asked the same questions. They didn't all understand. And he said, do you not understand these things also? Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, now listen, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Does that sound like any of those ten things that Moses brought down from God? 
2,000, 2,500 years before that took place? Does it sound like some of the same things? Jesus just telling them, okay, this is what is within man. This is what will be within man if he does not have that Spirit of the Holy Ghost to overcome it. He says, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. What is in our life? Let's look at that again. Let's start at that 21st verse and read that again. He says, from, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thieves, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. And what does he say about that? He says there is nothing that is defiled that will enter into the kingdom of God. How can we be not defiled? Filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That is how. And that's what we can all have this morning. And we can be a part of. And let's praise Him for what He has given to us. And from thence He arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But He could not be hid. And all that want to know Him today, He will not be hid from you. If you have a true desire to want to be a part of Him, He will not hide but He is there with that reached out hand and He will lift you up out of the miry clay. He will lift you up and put you on that straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life. <clears throat> I want to read a little bit in Mark again, 10th chapter. Starting there. Start at the 13th verse, 10th chapter of Mark. And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. And he took them up into his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Now look at, look at what took place there. What did he say? They brought these little children to him. That he wanted, they wanted them, he, they wanted Christ to see these little children. They wanted him to put his hands upon them. The disciples rebuked the people for doing that. But what did Jesus say? He said, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Bring them, teach them. 
in our day, that's what we should be doing. Bringing them and teaching them. He says, for of such is the kingdom of God. And I believe that what he's talking about there is the kingdom of God is made up of, of all of us, of adults and whoever it might be. But he says that we must become as that little child. Spiritually, we must become as that little child and be totally dependent upon Jesus Christ. Just as that little child is totally dependent upon the parents. If you take that child away from all adults and just set it away, that child will die. It will not survive. But if you put it there with the parents, some good parents that they take care of, it will grow, it will flourish. It will grow on into adulthood and be productive, have a productive life. And that's what he does there when we spiritually become as a little child, totally dependent upon Jesus Christ, then we'll be able, he will nourish us spiritually. And we will be able to grow spiritually. And we will be able to become adults spiritually. Mature spiritually. And bring forth fruits. And he says, by their fruits. You shall know them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled down and said unto asking him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now listen carefully. Think about this. Here comes one. He has heard something about Jesus. And this man, is, as you'll see, he felt good about himself. He comes running up to Jesus. And he kneels down unto him and he says, Good Master. Calls out something trying to, maybe to... Gain his favor, thinking that if I will say something like that for him, he will look upon me and be favorable favorable to me. We might do something like that when we're seeking favor from somebody. Give them a compliment. Didn't work too much with Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. The Son of God saying that. But he went on and he says, the man, he, he answered the question for this young man. This man comes running up to him and asks him, he says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. Jesus Christ telling this man these commandments. And he says, now this is the way you need to live. He says, you know them. Are you living in this? This was 2,000, 2,500 years after Moses had gotten that. But this was what had been going on all the way along. This is still what God is expecting out of His people today. And He answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. All these things. He was quick to answer him. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I want you to listen at that. Jesus, beholding this young man. This young man that Jesus was looking at and saying, Yes, 
I have been following these things. I have not been living in a, in a way that would be displeasing to God. And Jesus looking upon him when he had said those things. And he loved him. And that's what he's doing to all of us today. He's looking for us. He is loving to us. Loving us. And that's why he'll bring these things to our attention. So that we can draw closer to him. And listen to what he said. One thing thou lackest. Go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me. You know why Jesus told him that? He loved him. He wanted to see this man put it all in. He wanted to see this man accept him and accept the ways of God. But he knew that this young boy, even after all this, that how he was living... He had something that was more important to him than all these other things. He was rich in this world's goods. Doesn't matter say what all he had. He may have had a lot of money. He might have had a lot of buildings and all kind of things. Land, whatever it might have been. But he had, that was his treasure. That was his God. That was what he was worshiping. And Jesus understood that that was something that this man, because he had such a desire for it, he would have to put it aside to be a part of him. Take up the cross and follow me. Jesus loved him, is why he told him that. And he was sad at that saying, this was the young man. He was sad at that saying. And went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Go back. The children of Israel looked upon that little calf as a great possession. What's in our life today that we need to get out? Now that does not mean what he's saying here, that we can't own certain things, that we can't have certain things here upon the earth. But we can't have them before Jesus Christ. We can't have a love and a desire to serve that more than Jesus Christ. But this man did. This man had a desire for that more than he really had a desire to want to know how he could have eternal life. And he went away grieved because he had great possessions and Jesus looking round about said unto his disciples how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God and we can't we've got to let also we've got to put him first and foremost and his disciples were astonished at his words But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Do you hear what he said? How hard it is for them to enter into the kingdom of God to them that trust in riches instead of trusting Jesus Christ.
you know, in one of the other places, I believe it was one where there was a man that he had thought that he had seen the disciples there. I believe it was Peter and how that by laying on his hands, people were able to receive the Spirit of the Holy Ghost by Peter talking and telling and preaching and teaching them and laying his hands upon them. And this man offered him money so that he would be able to do that same thing. He was trusting in his money to be able to receive what Peter had been given as a free gift. And Peter rebuked him sharply and said, You know nothing about it. You are in the gall of bitterness and you know nothing about salvation. Because you have thought that you might be able to buy it. And the same way, if we think that we might be able to do it on our own, on our own merit, our own good works, that will not work. That's riches in ourselves. That's trusting in our own riches, and it will crumble. We got to trust in the riches of Jesus Christ, the power of God. Trust in that. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. That would be totally impossible. And that's what he's saying. For us who trust in riches or for anybody who trusts in their riches, whatever it might be, that you put that ahead of Jesus Christ, he says it's impossible for you to enter into the kingdom of God. That's strong language. We've got to have that pure love for Jesus Christ. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? With men it is impossible. But with God, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Isn't that wonderful to think about? That we can know Him and that we can be a part of His kingdom. That we can be a son of God, an heir of God, by believing, by putting our faith and trust in Him. With men it's impossible with us, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. All things are possible with God. I want to read just a few verses here. In Galatians. This is in the fifth chapter of Galatians. Thirteenth verse. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty... Only use not liberty for occasion to the flesh, but by love serve you one another. For all the law is fulfilled in this one word. Even in this thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one to another. 
This then, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, that ye shall not have any gods before you other than that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Walk in the Spirit. For the spirit, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. That Spirit is going to direct you away from the things. It, all of those things, the commandments that we've been reading that, that comes in with the new birth. The power over all of those. That comes and we can see then and discern that these are things that I need to stay away from. That I will stay away from them if I follow the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's just bringing all these things to our attention here today. Just showing us, though, that we can have power over it all. But it's still, it is the same thing that he has been commanding his people how and what they should live all the way along. Through the, from the beginning of time, then to Moses... Then after Moses, then to Christ, then as Christ done it, and now his disciple or his people writing these letters to the same thing, to us preaching and teaching it today. It's all the same, friends. And he says these things, you cannot be involved in this type of thing. He says, I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another, envying one another. Listen to that. If, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. We have, with the power of God, we've been able to get those gods, the lust, and those sinful things out of our life only with His power. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory. Let us not be desirous of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the gods of this world, provoking one another to envying, envying one another. 
Don't have envy. That was one of the things there that we talked about. He says, don't let that be in your life. Just follow him. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and it shall be open to you. Seek, and you shall find. That's a promise. All those that love him, he says, keep my commandments. And he says, I am going to prepare a place for you. That where I am there, you may be also. That's a promise. He promised to send the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Send to you a comforter to all those that believe. That's a promise and He's fulfilled it. You can be a part of that. And we can see victory in Jesus Christ. We'll sing number 334, Jesus Savior, pilot me. Wonderful thing to think about, letting Him pilot you. Number... Jesus present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and may the Lord receive Jesus sailor savior 
pilot me. There was something there that said, chart and compass come from thee. This is the chart and compass. That sailor out on the sea, he depends upon a chart and he depends upon the compass. And he keeps that that ship on course with that. Jesus Christ is our chart and our compass to keep you on course to eternal life. Keep that in mind. Keep Him first and foremost. You have to look at that compass and keep it in sight if you want to stay on course. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank You for all that You have done for us. We thank You for the wonderful words of life that You give to us that we might know and understand Your work here upon the earth and that we might draw closer to Your Son, Jesus Christ. And by drawing closer to Him, we draw closer to You and be a part of Your kingdom here upon the earth. Lord, we beg that You be with everyone that has a desire for Your Spirit. Those that are struggling today, help them to just put it all into Your hands. Not holding back anything, but put it all into your hands and see victory in Jesus Christ. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. It's good to see you.